Good People, Cool Things is a podcast featuring conversations with entrepreneurs, writers, musicians, and other creatives. Get inspired by their stories to do your own cool thing. And here's your host, Joey Held. Hello, 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 and welcome to Good People, Cool Things. Today's guest is Allison Chapa, a former co-worker of mine. We go way back. And just like me, she's a recent author. In fact, today, the day we are recording this episode, is her debut novel, Drops, The Marching Ant, a female-focused story that takes an intimate look at the reality of overcoming life's hardest obstacles. It's a novel inspired by true events, and those are always, I think those are always the best kind of novels. There's so much going on in this episode. Allison dropping knowledge left and right. She's talking about her writing process, how a cover gets designed, all of the marketing that goes into a book, why it's important to have an editor, a design team, and a whole team around you, really, for building a book and and taking it from the written page, whether you're writing with pen and pencil and paper, which is very impressive if you're doing that, or if you're typing it, just all kinds of other parts besides the writing itself that go into putting a book together and getting it out into the world. And I'm so proud and happy for Allison that her book is out in the world now. It's super cool, literally touching a copy right now here on the table as we're talking about it. So there's lots of goodies in here. If you have any kind of inkling of writing a book, you definitely want to tune into this one. And we're also covering a lot of other stuff as well. So even if you're like, mm, writing a book, not for me, definitely want to tune into everything here. If you'd like to get in touch with Good People, Cool Things, you can reach out via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at GPCT Podcast. You can also always send an email, joey at goodpeoplecoolthings.com. And of course, I always appreciate any support for the show, whether it's through the Good People, Cool Things merch shop, which you can get to on the website, or you can support the show by dropping a five-star review on tools like Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Stitcher, Anywhere you can leave reviews. There are some places where you can't, but any ones that have reviews or ratings, feel free to drop in hopefully a five-star one because you're like, hey, this is good stuff and I want other people to hear it. Or just tell a friend. Say, hey, I've got a podcast. I don't know why you're starting everything with hay, but that's life now. It's like a horse. And while we're all munching on hay, let's lean back and relax and listen to this conversation with Allison. For people who don't know who you are, can you give us your elevator pitch? But can you also tell us the type of elevator that we're riding on? Ooh, so the elevator would have to be probably an, a glass elevator at the Embassy Suites. I Very love nice. going up those elevators and seeing everything below me and just people watching in an elevator is super fun. So that would be the kind of elevator. And who is Allison Chapa? Hmm, so project manager by day. I work at a tech company. And by night, I'm a dreamer, I'm a, you know, author, and really about me is my upbringing. I was really influenced by my grandmother. She grew up picking cotton and really grew up in an abusive home. Her father emotionally abused her, sexually abused her, physically abused her. So despite spending all of her time picking cotton and growing up in this terrible home, um, she also wasn't allowed to go to school, so she never learned how to read or write. And growing up, seeing her overcome so many obstacles, it wasn't until the seventh grade where I had a teacher uh, really have us focus on what we want our careers to be, like any seventh grader does. They plan (laughs) their future. And 
the teacher had mentioned being a bus driver and all of the students laughed. And I was so enraged, not because the students laughed, that was expected, but really what enraged me was that the teacher didn't take the opportunity to educate the class on if you're going to be a bus driver, be the best bus driver that you can be. If you're going to be a janitor, be the best janitor that you can be. And seeing my grandmother as a janitor, I thought that it was a really big missed opportunity for that teacher. So I make it a mission in my life to not only work hard, seeing how hard my grandmother worked, but also to kind of break the stereotypes that so many people have with, um, you know, education, being dyslexic, not being able to read or write, and also the kinds of jobs that people have. So um, I grew up in Austin, Texas, and, you know, little by little, I'm hoping to educate people on, you know, taking a moment to walk in someone else's shoes and really just be grateful for the education that we have and the opportunities that we have. Um, because my grandmother was so able to persevere and show, you know, not only her kids, but also her grandkids that you can achieve so much with a good attitude and hard work. Love it. Love it. And as of today, this recording, you are now a published author. How insane. How insane is that? I'm so excited. This has <laughs> been such a beautiful journey. And for people that are on the cusp of wanting to write a book, just do it. Just sit down and do it and make it happen because in the end, it is so worth it. And I would do it a hundred times again. Lovely. So talk us that we're talking about this beforehand, but for people who were not listening to our conversation because it wasn't being recorded, I hope. <laughs> what was your reaction when you first got this? Because I've got like, I'm going through the pages, flipping yes. them, some ASMR. It was a hell yeah moment. I mean, to... <laughs> Like I said, I'm a dreamer, I'm a visionary, and so to see what I had envisioned come to life and be in my hands was just such a moment of relief, but also just pure excitement, not just for me, but for the legacy of my grandma as well. So it felt really fantastic. And did you know this was always something that you wanted to write like how did you go from that moment of it being in your head to like I want to get this down you know it's so crazy I was always a storyteller as a kid um and in elementary school we had these classes called quest which was for like talented kids in creative thinking and anytime I wanted something with my parents for example I wanted a dog named spot I would write a story to my mom to get her to buy me a dog. Like, this is why I need a dog because I'm going to take care of it and feed it and I will be great. The end. <laughs> and so I was always telling stories, but when I, I didn't make it into Quest and I wasn't, you know, labeled as creative, I think it shut me down a little bit. Mm. So that dream had always been there. Like, oh, I want to tell stories. I want to write stories. But then I guess society or whatever their parameters were for creative thinkers at eight years old, <laughs> I didn't qualify for. So I think as I started reading more in my college years and post-college, I started realizing that, you know what, I want to make this story happen. And I want to put my biggest inspiration on paper. And if it inspires one or two other people, that's all I can ask for. You said for people that want to write a book to just do it. Like it's a piece of cake. How, how did you balance writing this with a full-time job because I think a lot of people that do want to write a book are like you know I'm working all day I maybe I wake up I have six kids running around I don't know why I picked six they've got a lot of some kids some amount of kids I'm, <laughs> I'm one of four yeah. so my parents always said four no more so we got six 
you know. Did they have rhymes for each number? Yeah, and five then... and still alive. My own. I'm from a big Mexican family. You can't blame me. We're, we've got lots of cousins. Three, not me. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say how I really set a goal. So like I said, in my, my day-to-day job, I'm a project manager. So it was easy for me to say, okay, I want to do 10 pages a week. How hard could it be to do 10 pages a week? Man, those first three weeks were brutal. <laughs> it took me so long to get my first 10 pages. Um, but once I was able to create a like a rhythm and a routine for ha- like what was working, I knew that I needed to be in a quiet place. I had a soundtrack that I listened to, and I knew I just needed to do 10 pages. And so... You know, the first 50 pages were brutal. I, I thought I was never going to finish. And then I got to 75 pages and I thought, shit, I've got so much more to go. <laughs> but then once I hit 100 pages, I started to kind of catch my stride of, okay, this is the routine. I, I know it takes me two and a half hours to write 10 pages. And even if I didn't love those 10 pages, I would keep going and pushing through. So that was the starting point for me. I started in March of 2020 and I finished in December of 2020 so you could call this my COVID project if you will Um, but yeah I started with 10 pages a week and really whether I loved it or hated it I had to keep just pushing through the next 10 pages and that was really my process love it what was the soundtrack that you had on yeah so the soundtrack was really focused on songs that evoked the emotion that you know I felt I was writing this book is it has a dark place and it comes from a lot of trauma and abuse. And so I'm a naturally pretty happy person. And so to be in that place, I had to, you know, use tools and music. So I'd say my top three songs were Silence by Marshmallow. I'd say Ahead of Myself by Ex Ambassadors. And I'd say Conte Patiro by Andrea Bocelli. Nice. So those three. It's a good mix. Yeah, it's all, <laughs> I'm all over the place, but those helped kind of evoke the emotions that I was trying to hone in on as I was writing. Lovely. And so after the writing, which I, I think a lot of authors, I, I know I've quoted this before, and I think I make up the percentage every time, but it's like writing a book is you know 10% writing, 90% marketing and things like that. So once you wrote the book, you said that you, you weren't sure if you were going to publish it, if you were going to do anything with it. So what changed? In December of 2020, finishing the book was so anticlimactic. <laughs> I just sat in my you know, living room and I said, it's done. Okay, great. And it felt so unfinished to me. And so I knew that I wanted this to stay a passion project. I knew that I wanted this to be fun for me. And it's a very personal story to me. So I wanted to kind of maintain that creative control. And so I started poking around the internet and learning on sites like Readsy and reading other authors' first-time experience and comparing traditional publishing to, you know, indie publishing. And I thought, hey, what do I have to lose? You know, this is my own story and I have a vision and I want to make it work. And honestly, putting this book together and seeing it come to life was so fun. It it beats the writing experience <laughs> times a million. Working with, you know, brilliant minds like editors and designers and formatters is just one of the coolest experiences. Yeah, I'm very thankful for book formatters and designers because me trying to do a cover would just be like a stick figure with yeah. a balloon, maybe. I knew what I wanted though. I I couldn't have put that into words, but I knew the emotion that I wanted to feel from it. I wanted it to feel softer. I wanted it to feel um, feminine and also conveying, you know, a little bit of my grandmother, but also a little bit of me as well. Awesome. Yeah, I think it's a a very uh, evocative cover of that. And was this 
the this is great for an audio podcast but we'll we'll put up the cover in the show notes but was this was this round one of the covers or did you have kind of different iterations that you went through yeah so i did a contest on 99 designs which i thought what do i have to lose it's affordable and i get a bunch of mock-ups from a bunch of people um, because designers you know they do great work and they can be expensive i thought this contest was a great starting point i didn't think i would fall in love with something and um i had a submission and the design was actually like a burnt orange color and i had asked okay yep hook em horns <laughs> and i had asked for it to be a blue and then once once she changed that blue color i was sold so it was a very straightforward process and i fell in love right away nice yeah i think it's it's so cool to think of something in your head and you're like i'm not sure if i can put this into words and then when you see it and you're like oh yes that's it absolutely that's super cool that's super well cool. so you've been we'll say done quote unquote with the book for, for close to a year. But again, there's all that other element that goes into it, the editing design work, formatting and all that, as well as the marketing side of things. So how have you been promoting your book? Yes. So I reached out to some influencers. I've also reached out to reviewers from publications like um, Blue Ink and Book Life to get you know, trade publication reviews as well. And that's really been the primary starting point as well as social media advertisements. So those are really the sweet spots. And then I know once this first quarter of, you know, sales comes through, my, my big focus is going to be on submitting for awards and focusing on more more PR. But I really wanted to get like a pulse check on how the book was being perceived by an audience before, you know, to, if I needed to make tweaks before, you know, investing more money. And so so far, I've been really pleased with the way it's being perceived. And um, it really aligns with how I wanted the book to be envisioned as well. So I think after this next quarter, I'll start investing in um, awards as well as book tours. Do you have a, an award speech planned already? Or would that come from I guess you don't really give speeches as much in, in a lot of these awards, but you could. Yeah, I talk a lot at work. So I feel like I'll just <laughs> wing it. And it'll be great. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Has everyone at work, uh, do they all know that you're an author or is this a, a work secret? You know, it it's not a work secret anymore. Um, you know, I spent a lot of time on it and it was a passion project for me. So it was fun to kind of share a little bit about me and my story with work. But um, I try to keep the two separated as much as I can. Nice. Yeah. It's always, always a good call. For sure. And have you been practicing? This is something I learned. I at book signings because you've got yours by the time this airs it'll be after this but as we're recording you've got yours coming up this weekend have you practiced the signature do you have it down i've got it down i feel good <laughs> i feel good <laughs> you've got a supply of pens yes as well, extra ready. pen yes that's it it's it's amazing again it's one of the things you don't think of and it's like oh i should maybe have a piece of paper so it doesn't bleed through that was the the trick i learned uh, it was great that's a good tip i'll good have times. to keep that in mind that's what we're here for we're not here to ruin uh ruin other pages as you can and you've got to decide where to um where to sign on too like yeah i haven't thought page. that far ahead Hopefully do it differently just, for everyone it'll just come to me i hope <laughs> do it over the text and make it very difficult for people to read a page <laughs> can live it up all kinds of things yes and one of the questions that I like to ask, because I say that it's less work for me to do, because I'm asking you to ask, to, to give me a question that you wish you were asked more frequently. And for you, it's how you can better serve the community. So how can we do it? Yeah, there's so many times people ask me questions like, why are you so busy? Or, you know, how do you do all the things you do? And one of the things that 
like you mentioned, how can I better serve the community is just find an organization that you're passionate about. I think so many times we are focused on ourselves that we forget about the power of giving back. And I think especially with with COVID, it's been really self-focused and really looking in to protect yourself, your family, and your health. There's just so many opportunities to keep giving back. So one of the organizations I always love sharing about is Make-A-Wish. It's changed my life. And if you're looking for a great organization to give back to, Make-A-Wish Central Texas is phenomenal. And I'd love to share more about that. Yeah, let's let's. Do you have more right now to share? You got? Yeah, sure. I <laughs> yeah, mean, go for it. it's one of those organizations where, like I said, it's changed my life. But it's the opportunity to really give you perspective of somebody who's going. Th- I-, I mentioned earlier what it's like to walk in someone else's shoes, and I think Make a Wish does that for me. It it really gives me the perspective of, you know, I had a really hard day at work, and the project didn't hit the schedule I wanted it to hit. Going from that mindset and having a tough day and being pouty about my life to interviewing a 12-year-old who's struggling with cancer, there's nothing like that. And does it impact me? Yes. But at the end of the day, seeing that smile on their face when their wish comes true makes everything worthwhile. And it's it's such a great shift in perspective from my day was bad, my day was hard to how can I make someone else's day better? How can someone else who's struggling really feel loved and cared for? And also how can their parents feel supported and cared for? When, when you're a sick kid, those parents, they're primary focus is that child and there's so many times in that community where they just feel so isolated and so alone and the more parents that I talk to through the Make-A-Wish Foundation the more I realize like you're not alone there's a community of parents who are struggling just like you and to be able to instill that hope and see those parents fill up with with peace is just something that is unexplainable and I would just recommend it to anybody if there's something you're passionate about pursue it because there are people who could use your positivity in the world. Love it. Yeah, and I think when you are passionate about something, it exudes from you, and that like radiates outwards, and more people see that, and they're like, oh, that's so cool. Absolutely. And it's it's great to see. Now, you mentioned at the beginning that you, you kind of called this book your, your COVID project. Yeah. Have you developed other quarantine hobbies over the past year and a half? I make the best cinnamon rolls ever. I should have brought you some. I think, yeah, I think you should have. <laughs> I, I make some great cinnamon rolls. I baked plenty of banana bread. And, you know, I'd say baking is in my back pocket now. I definitely love that. Is there anything you haven't baked that you're like, I need to, it's on the list? I haven't. So I've baked a ton. I haven't found a great strawberry cupcake recipe, though. Mm-hmm. So that's one that I'm really trying to nail down. So if you've got one, let me know. But that's a I, tough one for I me. And not. I do love a good strawberry cupcake. So that's one I'm really trying to to nail yeah baking recipe is not my forte i i cooking i can give you some good some good stuff i like the more experimental side of cooking because you know if you're baking and you accidentally put a little too much sugar in that can ruin everything whereas with cooking hey i accidentally you know threw like a gallon of paprika in instead of a teaspoon i mean that would probably ruin it but you know you can you can it's like it's more jazz it's more jazz yeah compared to non- jazz i don't know what's a <laughs> compared to pop where it's very very like direct and staccato of baking yep. and that's music compared to food perfect perfect job perfect job by me all around after this book do you have a second book in you or what's what's next for you i really want to focus on 
2022, doing the book tours, doing some marketing and figuring out what that process is like before I move on to the next. So I'm going to sit with this, let it bake for a little bit longer. As my husband says, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And I do like to sprint from project to project. But for this one, I want to let it simmer for a little while. Yeah, I think it's it's good. It's and going on with the food theme too. Yes, I know. Cookie. I like that. I like that. <laughs> dr- let's see how many more you can drop in <laughs> throughout the rest of the episode. Everything has to have food. Yeah, <laughs> all has to be food recipes. Goodness, I shouldn't. We shouldn't be recording this before dinner because now I'm just thinking of all the great food. You're almost off the hook, but we always like to wrap up with a top three, and you being queen of organization can we can we give you the title I'd you do have a crown yes. you brought a crown uh, to the recording and are currently wearing it um <laughs> and you are very a very organized person i know even when we were working together i was like allison has always got great organization meanwhile shelly and i are in like a cesspool of just papers and smoking a cigarette yeah, papers got, yeah, everywhere yeah we're not i don't even smoke but the, the, somehow the there fake. was a cigarette just happening yeah it was yeah, just wild times there's like wine on the floor we weren't drinking wine it was just there it's just permanently <laughs> on the ground it was great times you were always very organized so what are your top three organizational tips for the slobs like me out there I love organization. I'd say my first tip is to slow down. It's so easy to just get on a roll and forget to take that extra step and file away that that email that keeps you organized. The second step I would say is to be consistent. If you have a really great Monday, keep it up on Tuesday and Wednesday all the way through Friday and that'll help. And then the third tip would be to use your tools. My brother hates hanging out with me for more than an hour and a half because I'm always like, Siri, set a reminder to (laughs) blank. I also use Asana like nobody's business. So I just use tools as much as I can to keep things top of mind. So uh, slow down, be consistent, and use your tools, and you'll be organized. I I might need you to give me some Asana tips because (laughs) we use it, and I I am not a power user. I I try to be. set a Siri reminder to remind you to use Asana. (laughs) Hey, Siri. I just recently learned that Alexa, you can ask her to make a fart noise, and then she'll do it and give you what kind of fart it was so it's like that was like a long wet one or like that was a short quick one and someone had to program someone had to program that and then the someone other day, got paid to program that i know how insane is that <laughs> it's so i love asking them to tell a joke i think like hey siri tell me a joke and i hope she's not going off right now uh but then after alexa did a couple farts she's like oh do you want more because you can buy packs of farts that get added on and i was just like who is paying money for this like it's a fun little gag for like a minute and that's wow like who's spending money on a dragon fart which i believe is sometimes i wonder about my career choice decisions (laughs) (laughs) write a book or create a fart (laughs) well there's still time there's still time there's there's lots of things that are still on the horizon so maybe the next book will just be types of farts by alice and chapa can't wait Well, if people want to learn more about you or check out a copy of the book, yes. where can they find you? AllisonChapa.com. I've got tons of information there. You can see all my social media as well as places to buy the book. Love it. Well, Allison, thank you so much for hopping on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Lovely. And cheers. We've cheers. Got our, we've got our uh, brute. <laughs> oh, I love that ASMR. If we get a drink too, get that. I can't do it. <laughs> glug, 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 glug. <laughs> ah, very delightful. So we'll end with our corny joke, as we always do. 
You know, as a writer, I love deadlines. I really like the sound they make when they go whooshing by. Get after it today, people. <laughs> Good People, Cool Things is produced in Austin, Texas. If you were a fan of this episode, go ahead and hit that follow button. That helps more people hear the show. You can send me a message, joey at goodpeoplecoolthings.com. Thank you to all of the guests who have been on Good People, Cool Things. You can check out all the old episodes via goodpeoplecoolthings.com. As always, thank you for listening and have a wonderful day. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 